Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. It is Tuesday, January 3rd, and this is People Every Day. Happy New Year, everyone. It's me, Janine Rubenstein, back with you once again. I missed you guys. I hope you all enjoyed the holidays and are feeling rested and refreshed to start the new year. It's only the third day of 2023, and there are already some major stories to get to, including Prince Harry sharing that he hopes to mend things with his father and brother. Yeah, we're remembering the late, great Barbara Walters. And of course, we will delve into the terrifying scene from last night's Bills vs. Bengals game. So much happening, so let's get to it. We begin with the latest surrounding Marvel star, Jeremy Renner. As you may have heard by now, Renner suffered, quote, extensive injuries as a result from a snowplow accident at his home in Reno, Nevada on New Year's Day. Local authorities said Renner was airlifted to a hospital and was the only person involved in the incident. Renner's rep shared that the actor was initially in critical but stable condition after suffering, quote, blunt chest trauma and underwent surgery yesterday. In a statement sent to people, a representative for the mayor of Kingstown Star shared, quote, we can confirm that Jeremy has suffered blunt chest trauma and orthopedic injuries and has undergone surgery today, January 2nd, 2023. He has returned from surgery and remains in the intensive care unit in critical but stable condition. Friend and colleague Mark Ruffalo asked fans on Instagram to pray for his Avengers co-star, saying, quote, prayers up for our brother, Jeremy Renner, on a full and speedy recovery. We are wishing the best for Jeremy Renner and his family through this recovery, and and we will continue to keep you updated as this story develops. And now we're turning our attention to the story that instantly took over the news cycle. We're about to share more on Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, who went into cardiac arrest during last night's Monday night football game. It's an unfortunate story that gripped the nation last night as millions watched it unfold on Monday Night Football. Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field after tackling Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins early in the first quarter of the game. Hamlin, who is only 24 years old, then stood up before falling back to the ground. I want to go through all the details we know. So joining me now is People's Staff Editor, Julie Mazziata, and People's Senior News Editor, Greg Hanlon. Guys, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Janine. Julie, let's go through the events that unfolded on the field last night. Take us play-by-play on what we witnessed watching this game. Yeah, so after Hamlin's tackle, he, as you said, popped back up and then fell to the ground. And medical personnel rushed onto the field and were giving him CPR for more than 10 minutes. You could see players from both teams just visibly distressed. A lot of the Bills players were crying as they watched. They eventually moved him over to an ambulance that came onto the field and it appeared that they were giving him oxygen. They loaded him onto a stretcher and took him over to the hospital, which is luckily just two miles away from the Cincinnati Bengals Stadium. 
And it was just a really tough moment for everyone to watch. I mean, from the players who were crying, as I said, to the fans in the stadium who went silent, and then the millions of people watching at home trying to figure out what was happening while they were watching the broadcast. So far, the team has only said that he suffered from cardiac arrest and hasn't released additional details. I'm not sure how long it'll take to figure out exactly what happened to him. There has been speculation that he had a condition called commodio cordis. So in this case, it would be something where the direct impact of the hit happened at a point where his heart was cycling and caused this to happen. So that is a possibility. It could also be that he had an underlying condition that he was unaware of. And so I think we'll just have to wait and see to find out what's happening. And cardiac arrest, that is it. Your heart just stops, right? So cardiac arrest is an electrical disturbance that causes the heart to, to suddenly stop unexpectedly. They made a decision to call it, right? Yeah. So Hamlin collapsed around 8.55 p.m. And then right around 10 p.m., the NFL decided to call the game officially for the night. And they've said that it's postponed. We're not sure quite when or if it'll be rescheduled. But Greg, you are more than well-versed when it comes to the NFL. You literally just wrote a book with Giants coach Tom Coughlin. Can you tell us about DeMar as a player? And then has anything like this ever happened during a game? You know, has the commission ever suspended a game before like this? DeMar was one of the many players that fill out NFL rosters. He was not a star, but he was a very competent starter. He took over as a starter early on this season he wasn't a superstar, but he was a, a solid starter. His just workmanlike solid performances were one of the reasons why the Bills were one of the best teams in the NFL. Just kind of a good blue-collar guy that a team needs. As many have pointed out, to see a guy fall down literally lifeless on the field is completely unprecedented. And there have been horrific injuries on NFL fields. Nothing that has stopped a game. I went to a game when I was 12 years old when a guy on the Jets named Dennis Bird got paralyzed. But last night was just so unprecedented and so freaky and shocking and awful that even the NFL, which stops at nothing for the sake of its business, even the NFL had to stop the game. Yeah, seriously. Well, Julie, what are we hearing right now on DeMar's current condition? So very early this morning, around 2 a.m., the Bills released a statement saying that um, Hamlin had suffered from cardiac arrest and that he's still in critical condition and he's currently intubated. His family actually joined. They pulled his parents down from the stands when he was getting loaded onto the ambulance and they went with him to the medical center. And actually about an hour ago, they released a statement thanking fans for their support and for the medical staff that quickly attended to him and then asked for everyone to keep DeMar into their prayers. Several of his teammates have come by to check on him, including Coach Taylor. You know, there were some fans who said that they drove 20 minutes just to the hospital to pray for him. Yeah, and a lot of NFL players have also spoken out on social media. Kansas City quarterback Patrick Mahomes said, praying hard, please be okay, man, in a tweet. Josh Allen, also the quarterback for the Bills, said, please pray for our brother. I saw that one from J.J. Watt, too, from the Arizona Cardinals, who said, you know, the game is not important. DeMar Hamlin's life is important. Please be okay. Please. J.J. Watt himself, last month or so, he actually had a, a heart issue. So this is very relevant to him as well. He actually just announced that he's retiring. So it's just interesting to see the two players that are linked in this way now. Yeah. 
And Greg, player safety is nothing if not a hot topic when it comes to sports and specifically the NFL. Former NFL player Ryan Clark spoke really passionately about it last night on SportsCenter and his words went viral. To watch a man truly go lifeless, though, Scott, Right. That's something like we've seen people knocked out. We've seen bad hits. We saw the, we saw the two. We remember how we reacted to the tour situation that happened right on the same field. The NFL is a big business. But if the NFL doesn't send somebody into these locker rooms, if the NFL isn't flying people to Cincinnati right now or to Buffalo or wherever they're going right now, they are missing the point. The point is, make sure these men are all right and then you can play football. So, Greg, do you think this shines a bigger light? on injuries and will we see anything change here i think it does shine a light i think we'll have a momentary reconsideration of the the place of the sport in our culture but i think ultimately the show will go on it's no secret this is an incredibly dangerous sport and i think in large part that's what that's what a lot of the people come for i think as shocking as this was and as awful as this was and i think you might see some cosmetic changes Mm. Just kind of more, somewhat more attention to to making sure the higher profile injuries are are treated, are, are taken more seriously. But as for the game itself, I think it's inherently dangerous. There was nothing illegal about what happened on the field last night. And the fact is, last night notwithstanding, the vast, vast majority of the dangers of the sport are hidden from the public. The sort of tragic toll of the game isn't these brutal hits that you see, it's mostly just the play-to-play sub-concussive blows. You know, it's been yeah. guys knocking heads Repetitive. with each other on every play. Yeah. It's the accumulation of that over years and years and years that causes the vast, vast majority of the human tragedy. This issue sort of came to a head in 2017. Brains of football play- players that were donated for the study and 110 out of 111 of these brains of former NFL players had a condition which is known as CTE, which is the one associated with all sorts of you know, behavioral and emotional issues. So people know this. This isn't anything that people don't already know. And the appetite for the sport shows no signs of slowing down. Wow. Well, finally, Julie, the overwhelming support that came in for DeMar was just incredible. He had previously been trying to raise money for a toy drive and reach a goal of $2,500. And people reported this morning that now over $3.5 million has been raised in his honor. Yeah. So when he first joined the league, he talked about how he always wanted to create a charity. That was one of his goals. And so he quickly did that. And one of his first fundraising drives was to raise money to provide toys to a child care center in his hometown of McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania. And so he had started this GoFundMe, as you said, with a goal of $2,500. And I think it's now actually up to $4 million. Wow. Just with, you know, fans, everybody watching at home, gravitating towards the GoFundMe to support him. Damar, when he started this charity, he said, as I embark on my journey to the NFL, I will never forget where I came from. And I'm committed to using my platform to positively impact the community that raised me. And he said that this toy drive gives you the opportunity to contribute to our first initiative and positively impact children who've been hardest hit by the pandemic. And that 100% of the funds raised will go to the purchase of toys for kids in need. 
I'm curious to see how they distribute the $4 million. I, it seems like he can help so many more uh, child care centers with this now. So Yeah, for sure. Wow. You guys, thank you so much, uh, both of you, for being here and going through this with me. As we, like everyone else, just praise for some good news for Damar and for his family. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Janine. Thanks. Last year, we lost a lot of big names out there. Bob Saget, Kirstie Alley, Twitch. But just before 2022 came to a close, we lost a tried and true legend. Barbara Walters passed away at age 93. In this week's cover story, we take a look back at her prolific career. And later in the show, we'll discuss her more recent years and revisit how she paved the way for so many women in journalism. But first, we are just a week away from the release of Prince Harry's tell-all memoir, Spare. Right after the break, we get into his upcoming TV interviews where he elaborates on his decision to step back from royal life and his hopes of reconnecting with his father and brother. You definitely want to hear what he said, so stay right there and we'll be right back. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back and you won't have to wait long for one of the most anticipated stories of 2023. Next week, Prince Harry's Spare is set to hit bookshelves and it's expected to be explosive. The Duke of Sussex sat down for a 60 Minutes interview with Anderson Cooper, which is set to air this Sunday, where he opened up about his decision to leave his duties as a senior member of the royal family. In one of the early clips of the interview, Harry told Cooper that he had tried to step away as quietly and as respectfully as possible, but that he was undermined in the process. Harry got candid about how Buckingham Palace would leak stories to the press about him and Meghan and just how much it hurt them. They will feed or have a conversation with the correspondent and that correspondent will literally be spoon-fed information and write the story. And then the bottom of it, they will say that they've reached out to Buckingham Palace for comment. But the whole story is Buckingham Palace commenting. So when we're being told for the last six years, we can't put a statement out to protect you, but you do it for other members of the family, there becomes a point when silence is betrayal. Oof, but as tense as things may currently be between him and the rest of the royal family, it does sound like Harry wants to reconcile with his father and brother. As he mentioned in a separate interview to journalist Tom Bradby, quote, I would like to get my father back. I would like to have my brother back. End quote. So I guess we will have to wait and see how things shake out and which family secrets are revealed in his memoir next week. 
And while I have no idea what more Harry's book has in store for us, I can promise you this much. You will definitely want to be listening next Tuesday, January 10th, as we recap the biggest bombshells from Spare. The world is still mourning the loss of an icon. Legendary journalist Barbara Walters died on December 30th at the age of 93. Her rep told people, quote, Barbara Walters passed away peacefully in her home surrounded by loved ones. She lived a big life. She lived her life with no regrets. She was a trailblazer, not only for female journalists, but for all women. That could not be more true. I wouldn't be sitting here hosting this podcast, giving you the news if Barbara didn't shatter that glass ceiling for female journalists everywhere. So joining me now to discuss her amazing life is People's Executive Editor, Jeremy Helliger. Hey, Jeremy, welcome back. Hey, Janine. Well, Barbara Walters told People back in 1976 that she, quote, would try to get stories that nobody else could. She interviewed world leaders, presidents, Hollywood stars, you name it. And when she got those people in the interview chair, she was not afraid to really, really go there with them. And you've been a journalist for a long time. So, Jeremy, when you think of Barbara Walters, what comes to mind? I immediately think of her celebrity interviews, her interviews with newsmakers, the fact that she interviewed Fidel Castro. She interviewed Monica Lewinsky, which is one of the highest rated TV interviews of all time. Mm. I can remember watching her make celebrities cry with her questions because it got them talking about really sad moments or really touching moments in their lives. And just the fact that this is someone who every woman in broadcast journalism owes a huge debt to her. She was the first female co-host of the Today Show, the first female co-anchor of a network nighttime news show. And when she was almost 70, or I think around 70, she reinvented herself by creating The View. Well, let's go back to the beginning, beginning. She was born in Boston in 1929, and her father owned nightclubs and moved the family to New York in the early 1940s, where he opened a club in Times Square. And she learned a few things during this time, right? Yeah. Her dad lost a lot of money, and he basically went bankrupt. She also had a sister who was disabled, and she knew that at a certain point, that she would be responsible for taking care of her sister. So she was driven to succeed by not only professional ambition, but a desire to really take care of her family, which says a lot about the kind of person she was. She always knew that as a woman, she would have to work harder to succeed. And that's something that up until the end, she would tell young women, she would give them that advice. And she didn't think she had model looks. She didn't think she was beautiful. She had a slight speech impediment, but she kind of overcame all of that. And she became the preeminent woman in television news, for several decades. 
And then, of course, you brought up The View. We have to talk about that. She launched the show in 1997, and it's still popular and buzzy as ever. <laughs> so why was the show so groundbreaking, and why do you think it's still something people tune in to watch? I've been thinking about this, and all of the 24-hour cable news networks have shows where people are basically giving their opinions on mm -hmm. the day's heartbreaking stories. And The View sort of created that format. It was the first show to really have a panel of people discussing and picking apart the news of the day. And the really cool thing about it is it had a group of intergenerational women yeah. sharing their opinions. And I remember a few years after The View came on and was very successful, Dick Clark try to launch something similar with an all-male panel, and it didn't work. So it really says something about Barbara Walters that she was able to launch this really unlikely idea and make it a success. On top of all of that, she was a mother, she was a wife, she was a groundbreaking journalist, television icon, as we said, and she had an idea of how she wanted to be remembered, right, Jeremy? What was her hope? She said she wanted to be remembered by her daughter as a good and loving mother. She wanted to be remembered by her friends as somebody who is loyal. She wanted to be remembered as a creator in, in television, as a good newswoman. And one of the things that was so fun to hear was when Meredith Vieira, who was one of the first panelists on The View, talked about how Barbara had this really body sense of humor. She wouldn't just <laughs> tell dirty jokes, but she would tell healthy jokes. <laughs> and that's kind of something you don't really expect from Barbara Walters, but it just shows you how there were so many layers to her. So many layers. Wow. Barbara Walters, what a legend. You can pick up the latest issue of People honoring Barbara's life on newsstands everywhere this Friday, you guys. And you can read more of our coverage on people.com. Jeremy, it's always so great having you on. Anytime, Janine. Well, lastly, we thought we'd end the show with some extra sunshine, or at least, you know, with a story about someone who's made a career telling you about the sun, the wind, the rain, and all things weather-related. Al Roker is coming back. The longtime weatherman will make his Today Show return this Friday. Roker has been out the past two months since blood clots in his legs and lungs sent him to the hospital. The 68-year-old was also noticeably absent from his perch hosting the Macy's Thanksgiving Day as he continued to recover. The lovable morning staple first appeared on the NBC Morning Show in 1990 before he took over the weather reigns full-time in 1996. So happy he's feeling better and I can't wait to see him this Friday. Well, that's our show for today. Seriously, it was so great to be back with you all once again and I will talk to you all tomorrow right here on People Every Day. 